especially as we're discovering more about ourselves and our history and our ancestry and we're just figuring out how to love ourselves and build within our own community and stuff so how we identify is crucial so i just wanted to touch a little bit on the history of our identification so and mind you this is just my opinion i've read stuff but i can't pinpoint nothing over the years <laughs> so yeah here we go so you know the first and foremost was that n-word nigger with yep. the er okay the hard er hard, hard er and you know black folk we don't even enunciate the no. er's we put the A's. like if, if you say like the er if you say nigger like and you're black i look at you crazy right like, there's a what huge kind of distinction. Word. What kind exactly. of Uncle Ruckus that, is you? you like, you're definitely on that Uncle Ruckus shit. Like, right? no way you're going to say that mm-hmm. hard R without me looking at you crazy. Like, get out. Right, <laughs> right. And then for the white people who say, oh, I said it with an A. Look, Ugh. I naturally don't say my ERs. So, you saying that shit, nah, you still don't get a pass. No. You will never get a pass from me. For saying that because, and I don't care how many times black people say it, it ain't your decision, okay? Right. You saying it has nothing to do with us saying it. Oh, why can't I say it? Because you say it. I'm black. I'm allowed to say it. I've been used that word, like that word has been used against me for centuries. So excuse me if I'm going to try and take it back and not be triggered by it. But when it comes out of your mouth, whoop, there's a trigger. Because now I'm mad. Right. Just, <laughs> I, I don't understand people who who try to fake like they don't understand the concept of uh, of content, the, mm-hmm. the context in which something is, is put in, especially mm-hmm. a word that means something so so vile and that was meant something so vile in the past and, and was used to degrade a, a whole people. Mm-hmm. And then they act like they don't understand the context behind that word and why we're taking it back and why we have taken that word and, and changed it into something else. Mm-hmm. And they act like they don't understand why they can't use that word. It's it's my question you know, is why do you why do you want to use you it? You want to use it so bad. Like, you want to use it so bad. Why? Why? Mm. I like like it's so, like it, it, like if I, I'm gonna be real, with you, like I don't use any other derogatory term term against other communities because like I don't feel like I need to do that. I don't feel the urge to say like n- nothing like a, a the faggot or anything else like that mm. uh, against. Um, LGBTQ community or anything else like that. I don't say spick. I, like what, the first time I even heard spick, I was like, "What the hell is that?" Mm. I didn't even know what the fuck that was. Mm. So somebody to tell me about what that was, like back in the day, I was like, "I don't even like," because I don't even think that way. Mm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. for them to want to use that word mm. so bad, you know, it, it tells you something about it. Like for me, I never had the urge to use any word that degrades any other population of this of this world. Because that's just not where my head or my heart is. But for some other people, it's like, mm-hmm. I just got to. No, it's just something it's like, it's like I need, need to do Because you need to be it. included. You got the damn world. Man. I'm just saying. Let us have a word. Shit. <laughs> but anyways, back to the identification. You all, I'm sorry, my bad. White people, because my audience is black. But anyways, <laughs> white people um, decided to use the word nigger to identify the captured africans who were to become enslaved right. not immigrants not none not of that no none of that bullshit immigrants. y'all read in the textbook like oh the slave uh a trade um uh for for servants uh, it was and, servants they were they like were immigrants the immigrant they workers the f- oh yeah the immigrant, immigrant workers, workers. anyways so anyways so you uh white people had every opportunity to use that word for some centuries so 
Y'all had your chance. Move on with it. So after that word, I guess some civilized people, quote unquote, because I question the whole civilized nature. But anyways, decided to call us Negro or Negra for women. Again, black people ain't coming up with this shit. We're just being called things. Okay. Um, Again, having to adjust to somebody else's way of, of, of addressing us. Right. <laughs> Crazy. Because mind you, like, if we come in from Africa, we got our own names. Like, we exactly. got our own tribes. We got and, you know, our own... This, this shit happens to this day because I remember there there's so many times when I was younger where I'm like, people mispronouncing my name or, like, trying to pronounce it in a different way. And there'd be times I would just be like, yo, fuck it. I'll just give up. <laughs> don't do it. But, don't yeah, do I definitely it. don't do that shit now. But, like, I, that's a common theme. Um, Actually, one... Uh, there's this young lady I was talking to the other, um, like, like about two weeks ago, and she's Latina, and she has a, a very um, Latina name that's like it's put out there. I'm not gonna put her name out there, obviously, <laughs> but um, she was saying the same thing. She could relate to it. It's like she always had to accommodate to other people mispronouncing her name and everything else like that. And it's so interesting that our cultures, everybody else's culture, if it's not like the white norm, like you know, Tom, Bill, and and, and, and Jill, Sally, and Sally, Sarah. And, yeah, all those, and Emily, and those, like it's like it's so hard for you to pronounce those names. You, it's such a big task for you to do that. So you just... Which you just to, I love. I hate that shit. Okay, okay. <laughs> Who's... It's Key, right? Peel. Oh, yeah, Key, yeah. Key and Peel. Uh-huh. Um, the episode he did where he was a substitute teacher in the classroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah, was yeah. mispronouncing yeah, the white people's name. Exactly. Shout out to you. <laughs> yes. A-A-Ron. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... And first of all, work hard, damn it. But anyways... <laughs> that's like a whole nother conversation of how Americans don't want to learn other languages but other countries know three languages by the time they end elementary school like fuck y'all but anyway that's just the ego like like, oh I don't need to learn nobody else's culture I'm straight they need to learn mine like no (laughs) again just said it but (laughs) (laughs) but um okay listen majority of the people on the planet are people of color so learn something anyways Back to this identification that was put on us. Again, we're not choosing it. It's just how people identify blacks mm. in America. Colored came after Negro and Negro. We all know the colored during segregation. You yeah. got the colored only and the whites only. for The oh, fountains man. and the bathrooms and the restaurants and the movie entrances. You got your colored. You name it. Colored, right? Mm. Even though I always question that. Because although we're all beautiful shades of brown, like whether we're the light or the dark, and black is beautiful no matter the shade, don't you forget it. But, um, I mean, some of the light people, the light-skinned blacks turn red. But I've seen some lobsters when white people are out in the sun. (laughs) I've seen some lobsters, man. And then, you know. It's like Muhammad Ali was saying. It's like, if he hits you, you turn blue and black and purple. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you you get uh, embarrassed, you turn red, you Mm -hmm. blush. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All these colors come from, like, white people in their skin. Mm -hmm. Like, actually, literally has different color to it. Mm -hmm. So, it's, I don't know if it was projection or (laughs) I don't know what it was. But it's ironic that we got named color. (laughs) And they're the ones that can actually... Literally change the color of their skin depending on emotions and the physical uh, abuse that they're taking, mm-hmm. <laughs> depending on what happens to their skin. So it's interesting that we got labeled that. Right. <laughs> now, I will say, I heard a black person use color the other day, and I said, hold up, what era are you old, in? Oh, yeah, old, old I school. was like, it's people <laughs> of color, if you want to abbreviate, it's POC. Mm. Hello? I think I think a lot of this projection, a lot of the times where their whole conquering like you know uh, manifest destiny thing being like mm. being seen as like oh we're the uh we're the ones who are civilized and all this other shit it's like you're the one who are killing slaughtering raping pillage, pillaging and then you're the civilized ones and <laughs> we're the fucking savages and you're right and then you're calling the indigenous people of this country the savages right so i think it was a whole bunch of projection and a bunch of excuses to raid and, and really just take advantage of the people that were, for the most part, peaceful and welcoming. Um, I think that happened in Africa as well. It's like it's, mm-hmm. they, these were the excuses used 
to take advantage of people mm-hmm. who who weren't like you, who looked different than you. It was just mm-hmm. another excuse to get all the resources that you wanted. Right. Mm-mm-mm. All right, so we back to this identification timeline. Now we're moving into the 70s and 80s, past the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of black empowerment, a lot, a lot of growth within us and learning about our ancestry and our history. The Afro's coming out. Yes. So there was a period of time where we chose to identify as Afro-American. Mm-hmm. Now, there might have been a black leader who threw that out. I don't know. Again, this is my opinion. I've read stuff over the years, but I can't pinpoint it right now. So Afro-American, which is interesting because we don't use that anymore. But then you have like Afro-Latina or yeah. like... like That's true. Like, you know, you have abbreviations of that, like Afro-Cuban and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I'm like, why don't we use that anymore? But anyways... I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not sure. But after Afro-American came African-American. Mm-hmm. And that's how a lot of people identify today. A lot of blacks in America identify as African-American. There used to be a hyphen in there. Now it's just a space. African-American, but uh, we're going to come back to that identification. Yeah. But first and foremost, let's find out a little bit about your hosts. Okay. So, oh, how do you identify? What kind of black are you? Oh, man. So this is really complicated for me because of my ethnicity, my background, everything that's going on with my family. So both of my parents are from Guyana, not Ghana, Guyana. In the Caribbean, <laughs> all right, it's South America. It's it's the only Caribbean. Well, I believe it's the only Caribbean country that's not really like attached to like it's attached to the the landmass of South America mm-hmm. rather than it being an island. So it's like other people. I, Guyana always gets flat for that. I don't understand why. Well, I, I, because it's not a part of the islands. The Caribbean yeah. culture is big. Yeah, islands. they, but they I try was, to try to separate us. But from I was that, reading but, you know? the reason why it is a part of the Caribbean associated mm-hmm. with the Caribbean is because like rest of South America is like Spanish yeah. and Portugal, whereas Guyana was colonized exactly. by the British, which is the same with the, the French. Caribbean. Yeah. French and the British. And yeah, it, it was really pretty much the same. It's like when people ask like, okay, well, what language did you speak? It's like, we just have accents. Like in Jamaica, of course you have the, the Jamaican accent, Trinidad, Trinidad, uh, Trinidadian accent, Trini accent, all these stuff are like accents that we have. And they're like, you can tell if you're from the Caribbean. You can tell if somebody's Guyanese or Trini or like from Jamaica. You can tell the distinction between the accents and then I what have they say. No idea. Right? Yeah, I know it's it's different. It's just so crazy how other people can't tell. But for me, it's 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 really easy to tell which region you're from. Um, but back to me identifying myself. So since both of my parents are from Guyana, I uh, do I identify as Guyanese or Guyanese American. Um, but I also have this other piece of me since I grew up. Um, in Jersey, in Newark, uh, New Jersey, for pretty much most of my life, I had this whole concept of like this brick city within me uh, of being American, being like an African-American and, and being engulfed in that culture in terms of hip hop, in terms of dance, in terms of art, all that culture came from there. So I had that side of me and then I had this mix of the side when I, I used to visit Guyana in the summer when I was a kid and I was engulfed in that culture. So it's kind of a mix for me. I identify a little bit more with being African-American because of the culture that we have being a black person in America. I can identify with that more because I've, I've been here longer than I've ever been in Guyana. Like, again, I only visited over the summers and stuff like that. Uh, so it wasn't like I was completely immersed in that culture. For me, I've been immersed in, in the African-American struggle, the black struggle in America more. So I identify as that. So if you were to ask me, like, just randomly on the street, like, yeah, I'm black. But if you want to have a deeper conversation and go through the nuances of, you know, everything about me, then of mm-hmm. course you get down to that, uh, that Guyanese roots. And I'm proud of those roots. I, I, I reconnected with those roots. It, it's a big part of why I'm able uh, to, to walk with a little bit more confidence in with, within my own sense of being and knowing myself. Because I know a lot of other black Americans in this, in this country right now, they don't have any connection to their roots. And it's um, it's kind of heartbreaking because you don't know about like you know great grandma or great great grandma or, or the history of other stuff. You're so removed from that history. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it kind of blocks uh, your connecting to what what's going f- for you right now. Like you never know. Like I've had um, my parents tell me about 
relatives that were musicians and were artistic and all that stuff. And it's like, wow, no wonder where this is where I get all this stuff from. It's like it was within me. Um, and not knowing that, you might think like, oh, well, I'm not good enough to do this or I can't do this. You never know. You might have an ancestor that was a mathematician, somebody who, who was good at, uh, at science or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And just because they were enslaved or, they, or they, um, their history was erased, you don't have a record of those mm-hmm. things. And it, it, it can be detrimental to, to, someone's, to someone's identi- identity, for real. Like it, it, people take it for granted, like a lot of white people do, for sure. They just say, oh, I'm American. And it's like, well, if they wanted to trace their ancestry back, they probably could. And the fact that they don't have any interest in that and they can just be feel, feel comfortable just calling themselves American mm-hmm. in itself shows how they, they can identify with that more than any black person could. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if you're black in this country, you know there's a difference. Mm-hmm. You know you're not like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So there is always that distinction. And you're always looking for that connection to your people, to other people around you. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to ask you, because you talked about Jersey and yeah. that culture of being black um, in Jersey and being black in America, you learn that like outside of your house. But I'm wondering about the traditions and the culture within your house because mm. both of your parents are Guyanese. So was there any food, any dishes, yeah. like any celebrations that are like Most, strictly Guyanese? Yeah, mostly like the the celebrate. Mostly it's food. Like the the biggest thing everybody knows culture when it comes to food. That's a big part of any person's culture. So like for me, uh, the food is probably the biggest deal. I'm a vegetarian. Both of my parents are vegetarians. They turned, uh, they switched to uh, becoming vegetarian around like the age of 25, 26, like around the age I am right now. Um, so they've been vegetarians for a long, long time. Uh, so that limits some of the food. I ain't gonna lie. Because, <laughs> you know, if you got any, you Caribbean in general, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, Y'all they like, like the meat. <laughs> so, it ain't, it ain't, you know, it ain't going to be all the dishes, but, you know, we got a few stuff here and there. Like, you know, it's especially like the fruits, the vegetables, and the, the breads and everything else like that. Plurry, you got the uh, pepper pot going, but you got, you know, switch it up, of course, because you're a vegetarian. Um, roti, curry, everything else like that. Um, yeah, the food was the biggest the biggest part. Um, me learning about the, the actual... Uh, the history of Guyana, that didn't really happen until like my last trip that I took uh, oh. uh, last year around the same time. Um, I went there for about a month and I really got to know about my own family's history. And I, I found out I did have like a, a lot of roots in Oakland in California, actually, that some of my family was out here. Um, so I was talking to a couple of them, like old heads, just like in the, in like the, throwback era like telling me about the 60s and all the stuff back in cali and in berkeley and all this stuff and i'm like wow taking me back to my roots and again like that little stuff like that is important like that was one of the inspirations for me coming out here to oakland um just knowing that i have roots here i have a family here i've had a history of of people not only fighting back for black people's right but also representing you know that caribbean in them as well so Mm -hmm. it's like i said my identity is complex but only for those who, uh, it's only for those who wish to scratch below the surface. Like if you want to be surface level and keep the combo real shallow, then, you know, I'll, I'll keep it like on black, you know. And if you think that encompasses what it, you think it encompasses, cool. But I think if you ask a lot of people what black means to them, it's a lot more complicated. And the problem is for a lot of white people and people who aren't part of that culture, they don't want to take the time to understand the nuances of it. Barely come from saying black. <laughs> right, right. So you, you really just, you know, oh, label on. somebody into let's, one thing. Let's pause. Let's pause. For the white people who may be listening, yes, I love my blackness. So when you say that you don't see color, That's that bullshit. offends me. It's bullshit. Because I am blatantly obvious different than you, and I love it. It's a part of who I am. It's part of my history, my ancestry. I love my skin. I love my hair. I love my features. There you go. So see me. But anyways, um, my question, sorry, I had to take that pause. Oh, no, break, that but, was that was necessary. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was I was going to ask you, oh, uh, do you identify as first gen, first generation? Yeah, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. So the how is that? Uh, I think a lot of first geners, like we historically, we have like a grind to us because we feel like our parents made a sacrifice to come to this country uh, 
to give us an opportunity to really be successful. And we don't usually take that for granted. Plus, if you like, if you Caribbean, like you know, like the strict parent thing, it's real. <laughs> it's real. Like you really got to be about it. You got to be on your p's and q's. You got to get them grades. And like throughout high school and like elementary school, my brother and I we used to get pretty good grades. And even when we used to slack off, like it used to be like we were naturally pretty intelligent, so we were able to do that. And but it was still a a, a standard that you had to keep. And I think. That's part of the Caribbean culture too, like being first gen um, from a Caribbean country. It's like you have to put your family on the map. Like, you know, I know a lot of other people from Africa can uh, mm-hmm. attest to this too. Like, I know a lot of friends that are from Nigeria, um, first generation. And yeah, you, it's like you, you bear a responsibility, even if your parents don't say so. That's the other thing. It's an interesting thing where it's like you feel obligated mm-hmm. to be successful, to show your parents to make sure that they're proud of you for all the sacrifices that they have, even if they don't say so. Because my dad never pressured me and said, oh, you need to do this or you need to do that, honestly. But it was like an internal pressure that I knew I felt with inside myself that I needed to elevate myself in whatever region I was at. If it was going to be art, if it was going to be painting, whatever it was, I was going to be the best at it or I had to be up there. And I had to keep elevating and not, you know, I couldn't be stagnant, couldn't be staying in the same place and waiting for something to happen. I always had to make something happen. So I think a lot of first generation people got that grind. Yeah. It's just, it's innate. I think, um, yeah, it's just, you have to, I think it's, it's just, you see what your parents have done and and what they sacrifices and and you want to give them more. You want to, you want to be able to say like, Oh, you want them to be able to say that they're proud of you, even if they don't say it. (laughs) Cause again, like in the, in the culture, sometimes, you know, especially especially um fathers they might be like a little more reserved not so emotional mm-hmm. they might not say that they're proud of you but you could tell <laughs> when they are mm-hmm. and even just getting that validation is is cool it's, it's it's what you've been looking for so i think there's that extra drive for first generation people especially those coming from like um the caribbean or like uh from africa the west coast africa sometimes mm-hmm. nigeria um but yeah I, that's the way i felt I still feel that way to this day. Like, you know, I, I'm not in school and the pressure isn't as much. I still I still have to be doing something big. I can't stay in the same place in terms of my professionalism, my career, wherever else it is. I got to elevate no matter what. Yeah. So it's like your parents' sacrifices inspired your work ethic? Yeah, I think so. Because um, every time you, you do get down and you feel like, oh, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. I remember the time when I was at HU and I got that 4.0 I was thinking about my parents I was thinking about my future I was thinking about everything else going on and I'm like the first time I got 4.0 was because I was thinking about my family I was thinking about other people I wasn't thinking about myself like for me personally it's not like a, a driven I don't drive off of like me being selfish or me wanting a goal for myself exactly mm-hmm. it's more how can I help those around me mm-hmm. how can I elevate those around me and that's a more motivating factor because when I'm succeeding and I don't see other people around me at the top, I don't like it. I want to see everybody I'm with, you know what I mean? Especially my family. Do you think that's a part, because I know, um, I'm going to talk about myself in a little bit, but mm-hmm. there are differences within the diaspora of culture. And I feel like Caribbean um, people, the Africans who were brought to the Caribbean mm-hmm. as slaves, have more of that collectivist culture. For sure. And you know what I found? Like, mm-hmm. even though we out here in Oakland, like, I found that same thing in terms of, like, uh, Asian culture, too. It's like, they're yeah, tight-knit. Definitely. Uh, and, and it's because I think there's this, this, this mistrust. Like, we already know, like, almost every minority, quote-unquote minority. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's not even say that. Every group every, of color every across group of the color globe has been taken advantage of, like, you know, even... For Asian cultures, you're talking about the railroads, how they were abused, like how they were put into uh, camps, all this other mm-hmm. bullshit. Like they have the Chinese, yeah, that. all that mm-hmm. shit. So like, it's not you know, it's like they have that distrust too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for us, there's there was a movement where we wanted inclusion, like you know, of course, like mm-hmm. with segregation, and everything like that. And I think it, it kind of switched, well, put a switch right, to. All right, hold on, we gonna we gonna talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah, later, later. I, yeah. I don't want to go too but, far okay, okay. talking, but yeah. I think that's part of it too. It's just that there's this communal sense that you feel like you have to take care of your own because you didn't seen what they did to everybody else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like you need to stay together and you want that family mm-hmm. to get 
to get like there. You want your whole family on the map to make sure that they're all right. Everybody's grinding. Everybody's successful. Mm-hmm. And, and then that's you can the share dream. That yeah, well. you can share with that within your family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's where that power comes from. If we can extend that mm-hmm. to more of the community, mm-hmm. cool. But you know, there's a lot of mistrust. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mistrust in the community. But uh, for you, what do you? What would you say? Your culture is what is what is what is being black for you? How would you define your blackness? <laughs> so I've been on a journey with my identity. Uh-oh, <laughs> yeah, I've really been. So when I was younger, I was very Afrocentric. Mm. Um, I identified as an African American, and you couldn't tell me nothing else. <laughs> I um, reveled in the concept of I was not born in Africa; Africa was born in me. Mm. Um, I was really gotta say that again. <laughs> I mean, it's like African proverb, you know? They got Instagram pictures of it and stuff, mm. but I was not born Ooh. in Africa; Africa was born in me. And it's like, That's <laughs> yeah, and it was because. <laughs> I had no choice in the erase, the erasing of my history and my ancestors. I did not know where I came from in Africa. Right. And that wasn't my choice. My, my family came from, you know, slaves or enslaved Africans. And it's like, I didn't know where they came from. I had no idea. And that was because, you know, white people made us slaves. So right. I, I was like, how dare them take away my right to identify. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I can see why you identify as that, though. For sure, like... But yeah, keep going, keep going. Okay. I don't want to interrupt. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I was like, nah. Like, because I don't know, and it's not my fault that I don't know, yes, I'm claiming that shit. Mm. Okay? But... I was also very curious as to what the fuck black culture was. Right. Because, you know, I'm growing up and, you know, I'm again, it was a journey. But I'm like, okay, I'm looking at the decades, all right? So the 20s, you had swing, you had jazz, you know, Harlem you Renaissance, had scat, you know? And it was just like, yo, I love that era for the music. That shit was bomb. But mm-hmm. then, like, you know, moving forward, you had disco, you know, you had hip hop, R and B, rap, and it was like every other decade the music was changing. I mean, yeah. we was you know That's we, so true. We express ourselves a lot through art, so like when we were going through something, the music would be different type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So and then, you know, as a part of history, a lot of our stuff was stolen. From us. Rock and roll. You know? Yes, that was even originated by us. Yes. You know? But that that was quickly taken over, you know? But so, a lot of our culture, maybe the reason that it was changing was because it was taken from us, and we weren't giving credit, we weren't getting money for it, so it was like, alright, time to start something different, you know? Mm. But, um, so it kept changing, and I was like, alright, so what's black culture if it keeps changing? And then I went to Hampton University, which I believe is a beautiful... Uh, just kind of, I don't want to say melting pot, gathering of yeah. different black cultures because... Yeah, you had people from the hood, you had people from the suburbs, you had people with who were actually Caribbean, straight from the Caribbean. Right. You had everybody. But, but, but the thing about Hampton is, because I think it's different for every other school, Hampton, not a lot of people from Hampton, Virginia or from Southern Virginia actually went to Hampton. It was like the most population was the DMV, DC, Maryland, and Northern Virginia type mm-hmm. of thing. It yeah. wasn't like people from the actual where the school was located. So because of that, everybody flocked there. Yep. So we had the DMV, we had Tri-State, we had the South, we had the Midwest, we had the West Coast, we had the Caribbean students, we had the African students, we had shout out to CPAC school school. <laughs> but uh, we had so many different kinds of black man. And I was like, hold the fuck up. I'm loving it. <laughs> but what is the difference? And I'm especially with Battle of the States. I was like, yo. The North should have won. <clears throat> Sorry. Go ahead. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> did DMV win? <laughs> I can't keep up anymore. I just know North should have won like about five times and we still ain't. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so 
It was it was crazy because especially with Battle States, I was like, yo, each region has their different yeah. food, has their different music, yeah. has their different dance style, has their different fashion, has their different slang. Mm-hmm. Yo, definitely different slang. And I'm like, this is that beautiful. Ass. Like each region in America has different cultures. Yeah, it's true. That's true. You know? So I'm like, I'm really confused now because I'm like, okay, what the fuck? Like I don't. And then I think I started becoming more pro-black than Afrocentric per se, even though I was definitely a part of the the ASA, the African Student Association, because again, I'm Afrocentric. I come from Africa, whether I know where or not, but, um, you know, and I think it was because I didn't, and I still to this day don't like being, I don't like identifying as an American because I feel like. Besides the natives, everybody came from someplace else. And Pretty I wanna much, yeah. I wanna identify that because yeah. everybody came from someplace else besides the Native Americans, the indigenous population. And I'm like, so I don't want to claim America because how America was created was, you know, killing the indigenous, enslaving the Africans. Like I wanna claim something else. So I'm very confused. I'm learning about all these different cultures and everything. And then I think Maybe, I'm not sure when, but I think maybe around the time the hashtag growing up black came about and I was like, yo, (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, we do have a culture. For sure. Because even despite the decades, despite the regions, everybody could feel this shit, right? It's always some, something that we all connected to at the same time, like around the same time. Mm -hmm. And then there was like articles, like Black Mama sayings, yep. and like my mama was saying this shit. And I'm yep. like, who came across the street and said, "You say this to your child"? You know, they do that. You just knew <laughs> <laughs> because your Black Mama raised your Black Mama and your Black Mama, and then she was raising her Black Mama. You know, so it, it was <laughs> it was so fascinating growing up black with Black Mama sayings, stuff with the church, stuff with food, yeah. stuff with our hair. <laughs> like it was just. We was all experiencing the same kind of culture. And that really made me start distinguishing myself because I realized through growing up black that I have a different experience than Caribbean, Mm -hmm. um, Caribbean Americans or Caribbeans. I have a different experience than Africans, especially because being black in America, not only did I, and okay, so with all these changes, I now currently identify as a black American of African descent. Okay. Hmm. And the reason that I identify as such is because like I posted on Instagram, um, yesterday, where is Africa America, you know? And it's like, (laughs) we actually use black America as like black America has like a trillion dollar spending type Uh of thing or money power, whatever they call it. But anyway, so like we actually use black America as like a thing. So I was like, okay, black American until somebody wants to come along, make us an independent nation and give us another name. I'm going to go by that. So good luck with that. I know. right? (laughs) (laughs) Not in my lifetime, but, um, But yeah, so I was like, all right, black American, because I realized that not only did we have a different culture than others in the diaspora, we had a different history Mm. because Africans who immigrated to the U.S., say like somebody from Ghana Mm -hmm. immigrates immigrates to America, obtains their American citizenship, then they're technically an African-American. Now, they won't identify as such. Because they have their actual country, they have their actual mm. culture, ethnic group. Yeah, that kind it might of thing. say Nigerian American or Ghan- Ghanaian, Ghanaian American, American. Um, or just Ghanaian. Or but they people who are actually from Africa rarely say African right. because Africa is fucking huge. huge. Like, like, we need to stop like, acting like this is not like this. No, continent no, is huge. But, but they brainwashed us though. Yeah. If you look at With the, the maps, globe, if yeah. you look at the globe, Africa is smaller so than crazy. it actually is. Like you talk about <laughs> systemic racism, right? Like it's even crazy. even the little things like that, like uh-huh. it's amazing how much how- how the lengths <laughs> right to, to brainwash us. It's crazy. <laughs> to keep a, keep you down, think yes. you're inferior. Yes, it's crazy. it's crazy. So Africa is fucking huge with fifty four fucking countries. Okay, <laughs> then within those countries, they have how many different ethnic groups? How many languages? Right. So How many just languages? blankedly labeling somebody African is just not okay. Stupid. Yeah, you know it's it's not okay. It's not like 
in America, like America's got like a long, like North America has a long, you know, a lot of landmass, but it's like mm-hmm. broken up into states. So it's like okay, United first of all, States. First of even all, in those states, it's so different, right? You know what I mean? But first of all, you can fit United States, you can fit China, you can fit Europe, you can fit India, you can fit so many countries that are big within Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just say that's the size. There's plenty hundreds if not thousands of different languages and cultures within that big ass continent right. that's mama continent right there oh you gotta do is think about it. like how different is let's say new york from la or new york from atlanta <laughs> from mississippi mm-hmm. right and they're in the same country so if, if that's the and this is the united states we're talking about United States is not as big as Africa. It's not even close. No. <laughs> so if you have all those differences in cultures there, why would you just blanketly label somebody just African when it's even but, more people? But think about there? it. Another brainwashing technique. Mm-hmm. We don't usually refer to people as European. I mean, I do. But <laughs> but we'll say, oh, they're English. Right. Oh, they're French. Right. Oh, they're Spanish. Exactly. Like We actually identify the country, the nationality. Right. This goes back to... But we we refer to African and Asian Mm -hmm. as the fucking continent. Why is that? We don't say North American. We don't even say South American. Say American. We say American, which means United States of America. We don't even... Like, we don't even identify South America as American. Like, no, you're the country type of thing. But why is it that African and Asian... Aren't right. identified the by same their countries thing and their nationalities. Is the same thing you said about, about Asia. You have Vietnamese, you have uh, Thai, you have uh, Japanese, mm-hmm. you have Korean, you have Chinese, you have yeah. Cambodian. It's so many it's other. So many, and so we just blankly was like Asian. Asian. <laughs> we have Indian. Like, you just. No, <laughs> that's what right? I'm saying. But we just be like, y'all are Asians. <laughs> that's it. And we if you think about it, Russia is technically in Asia. So it's, it's, there's so many other countries that are. Are in Asia, and then we just blankly just label it Asian, Asian. and then African. So yeah, screw that. But anyways, um, so yeah, so I'm learning, I'm I'm starting to learn about these different uh people within the diaspora and understanding that they have a different history than I do. Like the people in the Caribbean have a different history mm-hmm. than a black person in America. The people in Africa have a different history than a black person in America. So I was realizing that even though I'm of African descent, mm-hmm. even though those foundations still linger within my bloodline, within my culture, within my tradition, I am different. And that is okay. A lot of people, when I, I talk about this, say, oh, you're separating us and oh, like, don't do the division. I'm not doing it out of hate. I'm just saying, literally, right. we have a different story. Yes. <laughs> and that's, okay. I, I hate that too, where people get like, defensive over it and act mm-hmm. like you're yeah like you're trying to be divisive yeah. and divide people up um no it's just real you can't and people really need to stop doing this you cannot address something if if you if you're not able to acknowledge what the differences are mm-hmm. or the problems or the conflicts that are within a problem mm-hmm. so you can't just act like oh why there i've heard this before from people that have immigrated from um Either Caribbean or Africa, mm-hmm. and they say, "Well, why can't um, Black Americans just get you know their shit together?" And it's like, and it's like you don't know. you don't take into consideration all the history behind that, and that distinction the distinction in itself mm-hmm. cuts off the empathy that you should have for mm-hmm. someone who looks similar to you, and it could be literally from that same region that you're from. Exactly, and if you think about it, because okay, speaking of history, like the Caribbeans, the people in the Caribbean, they got their independence from their colonizers, mm-hmm. right? And with that... And this was not that long ago (laughs) for a lot of us. They got their independence from their colonizers. Now, correct me if I'm assuming that a lot of... Once they got their independence, those white people left. I know some people stayed, but did a lot leave? Um, (laughs) Yeah, they left, but like like other scenarios, the institutions that were there were were still... still, yeah, 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 yeah. But they left. Like... We never, black Americans never got our independence. Yeah, we got free. That's so but true. But Massa was still living next door. Right. <laughs> like, and that, that makes it even harder to break down those institutions mm-hmm. because the people who had those on us. Yeah, the people who set up those institutions are still right there. And right they're looking there, at you with resentment because before you used to be a profit uh, machine for them, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now you're a free person who can is supposed to be able to think and, and be by themselves. They look at you as like 
inferior an inferior product mm-hmm. that got freedom. Mm-hmm. So they're not over here like it, it. It kills me when people say, "Well, like slavery was so long ago," Fuck as that. if like it just was like okay after slavery, everybody was like, "Oh, black people, I love you. Come on in. You're part <laughs> of the family, guy. Come on, buddy. I'm sorry about all that. Like, no, there was years and years of lynchings, raping, all this stuff. Like was they going were not on. trying to let that Where, shit go. You think Let's they... talk about sharecropping. <laughs> Let's talk about prison and the prison industrial complex. Like, come like, on, now. they was trying to use that, you know, involuntary service. Dude, okay. They still doing that to this day. To this day, I'm just saying. Like to this day, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm calling you it out. All, it, it's it's crazy. And then not only does the systemic racism still continue, but the trauma. Like we never got therapy for right, that shit. Right. So it was like trauma. Trauma happened. Okay. Not only did we not get to address and process the trauma, but trauma kept happening for centuries and centuries and centuries. And then you pass that trauma within your genes to your children while you're pregnant. You pass that, the reaction to the trauma, preparation mm-hmm. for the trauma. You pass that on to your children. So black people, black Americans still suffer from historical trauma today. And that affects our relationships with each other, how we connect with each other or divide each other. You know, it, so this really, day, it, it really, really impacts strong. us. But I want to say one last thing about my identity. The reason I say of African descent is because I will never forget the foundation mm. that still lingers. A lot of our black American culture changed because we were a fusion of our oppressor and our origin. We had to fuse. Yeah, like no choice. And we'll we'll talk about that in a minute with the definition of assimilation. But mm. we had to fuse, okay? But with um ancestry DNA, I did my DNA test and I got that I was seventy two percent African because of course I know there's a lot of white in my family. I have never met the white person, but I know that white people exist. So I'm twenty four percent European and most of that's from England. Um but the 72% African is 24% Ghanaian and Ivory Coast, and mm. then 13% for both, for, for the rest of these. So 13% for Nigeria, Benin and Togo, and Cameroon and Congo. Okay. So 72% African, and I, now I know the countries. Now, most of my life, I felt empty because I didn't know where the hell I was from. I didn't even know where to start. Because my family, we we didn't know. Like, it doesn't go back that far. We're very dysfunctional, so that doesn't help either. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, I didn't know. I had no fucking clue where I came from on the the big-ass continent that we talked about. So now Ancestry DNA gave me that clue. Now Mm. I know. And part of me was filled when I found out. But a part of me wasn't. Mm. Because that wasn't my culture. I don't know what the culture is in Nigeria or Benin and Togo or the Ivory Coast Mm -hmm. or Ghana. Like truly growing up there, living it, having parents that teach me it. Like I don't know. And and see, that's what I'm saying. Like again, for those who are, who did or are planning to or whatever it may be, the immigrants coming from Africa, um, whatever country it may be, West Africa, East Africa, North Africa, wherever it might be, South Africa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Which is actually a Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally South Africa. Wherever it may be, you uh, having having the courage and, and the patience to actually ask about black Americans' experiences mm-hmm. is a healing thing. Because mm-hmm. you can actually connect them to parts of themselves that they've never even thought about or or recognized or acknowledged Mm -hmm. um but when you do the opposite it 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 divides us even further it makes you not want to know about your roots because now you're thinking like okay if a nigerian guy comes up and says well why can't you get your shit together or why are you like this oh black americans are this this is that how are you gonna look at nigerian men or, or or people like that from there it's like you're just like anybody else who's immigrating from this country, putting me down mm-hmm. instead of trying to connect me to the very roots that you're a part of and mm-hmm. that you have a better foundation. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest counterproductive and, thing and that we that's, that's thing. happening. And that's right another now. thing because a lot of African immigrants don't see that they are allotted some privileges that Black Americans are oh, not. For sure, and it's just because... being able to immigrate in this country. A lot of exactly. the times, you ha- the process is long as hell, uh-huh. but you can expedite that process if you have money. Yeah. So a lot of the African immigrants 
coming. They they're like they're people who already established stuff within their community in mm-hmm. Nigeria, wherever else mm-hmm. it may be, Ghana. And then they come over here because they had the money to send their kids mm-hmm. over here. But but okay, so they're like there are a lot of privileges because they one may leave. They have a home country. Right, you can go back. Like that in for, itself. For black Americans, because we have that strict disconnect with the continent, like we have nowhere to go. They don't want us and we have nowhere to go. So I'm gonna talk about that with this article that I read. Um, hold up, let me pull it up here. And this is what inspired um, the topic for today. So the article is called, Why Don't the Descendants of American Slaves Return to Africa to Live? And it's by uh, Eric Painter, who studied at the University of Washington. Mm -hmm. I just realized, I think this is a white guy. So now I have mixed feelings. (laughs) But... um, but, I mean, regardless, he wrote the, the article. Hey, if you're and, woke, you're woke. It's, it don't you know, matter. But he was saying, like, African Americans are Americans. We're the most American people besides the indigenous. Because if you think about it, mm-hmm. so, you know, they say Columbus got here in 1492, right? Which so, he didn't, but yeah. <laughs> but, but anyways, that time period, it was the 1400s. Right, right. They, a lot of times, talk about African slaves in Jamestown in 1619, but yeah. the Spanish and French were bringing African slaves to the Americas in the 1500s, okay? So besides the indigenous population, Africans have been in America, and let's not even talk about the indigenous population that were Africans way before European colonization, but let's different different day but but anyway so the the africans that were captured and brought to the americas as slaves that started in the 1500s okay actual immigration to this country that are like you know the irish and the italians and the jewish didn't happen till the 1800s so you have 300 years yeah ellis island which wasn't established until 1892 so you have 300 years three centuries of Africans being in the Americas. So I understand when you want to say, I'm American. I helped fucking build this country through my blood, Literally. sweat, and tears. Through the financial structure to become the greatest country in the world. Which I think is complete bullshit. But anyways. I mean, just look at our education outcomes, health day, outcomes. Different day. <laughs> but, um... So yeah, I mean, yes. Other than the indigenous population, we have been here the longest. We mm. really have. Like... So yeah, we should be able to call ourselves Americans. But I tell you what, when I travel and people ask me, oh, you know, where are you from? I hate saying that I'm American. Mm. I mean, honestly, if we're being honest with ourselves, like a lot of stuff is embarrassing about this country. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and it doesn't have to be. Again, most of these problems stem from people being so uncomfortable with, with just opening up and acknowledging a problem is is occurring and then we just we just let it go on for decades and decades and then this country just has a stain on it and it's still there because there's a a large segment of the population that does not want to address this Mm -hmm. because it makes them feel either too uncomfortable or they realize that by addressing it it will make them literally uncomfortable because they will be elevating other people Mm -hmm. rather than keeping the status quo which Mm -hmm. is where they're at like if you're good right now and you and you're feeling like life is all right you're not wanting to change anything Mm -hmm. you know if if life has been fucked up for you for like decades in terms of your people as a a collective you're always looking for change so the the goalpost is always moving for us it's like uh i've got the quote but it's it's like america's uh morality is always judged on how they like black people are always pushing America's morality to its better self. Like mm-hmm. we're always making sure that America actually gets to be more <laughs> of an actually good country, like, like equal and just. Right, it, <laughs> which you were founded. Right, they set up this, but they it's like black people are the ones that are pushing you to actually mm-hmm. get to those ideals that you say you stand for. Because mm-hmm. every time it's not us that is like, yo, we should probably treat women fairly. Like, no, no, that was y'all. <laughs> it wasn't us that were like, maybe we shouldn't, you know, uh, keep these people um, in in camps and then, uh, like, uh, 
try to slaughter these people or or rape these people, all this other stuff. Like it wasn't us that said like, oh, maybe we should have equal uh, opportunity for education. Uh, it's like we're always pushing people forward mm-hmm. because their backward thinking is uh, is still in that mind frame of like, oh, we're superior mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or. If we're not superior, I'm comfortable with the system that has led me to be so privileged in the first place. And you know, the reason why I don't like identifying as simply an American is because I feel like the white American, I have a totally different experience in America being black in America. Right. I have a totally different experience that they don't know, they don't will. want to know. Again, that's the biggest problem. You don't want to know because you, you, the reason why I, I believe this truly, the reason why Trump and all this stuff is going on, mm-hmm. honestly, isn't because there's a whole bunch of uh, outright hateful white people. They always been around. Like KKK been around. Like we know these crazy motherfuckers. It's that <laughs> there's a certain, a big segment of the population that's still comfortable enough to not want change because they know it might affect them. It might elevate other people. It might be a lot, a little bit more brown people in the classroom that you might have to compete with, who, if given the same opportunities, would probably outperform you. But if you're if you're really moral and you're really confident in who you are, unlike those white supremacists who are the most insecure little right. bitches really, I have seen in really my life, they're really, really scared. scared. Mm-hmm. Equal opportunity is the scariest thing for them because they're like, "Look, we fucked up right now." <laughs> Like, we fucked up right now. If it's an equal playing field, oh, hell no. There ain't no way they're going to win. So that's why they're nervous. But, like, if you're really about it and you feel like you're you're smart, you're strong, you're whatever, you, you feel like you're confident in yourself as a man or a woman, mm-hmm. I'm down for equality. I would love to see uh, other people succeed because I'm not that type of person who gets jealous or envious right. or mad about like, other people getting lifted up. Word. What? Like, build everybody. This is what, this was fucked up because, like, white people, I've heard this before, assume that if black people were to get into power, we would do the same, same thing. thing. We don't know that hatred <laughs> in our hearts, you know? We are very loving and caring people and it's like, I just want to live. I just want to be treated right. as a human. That's I just it. want to be treated as an That's equal. It. And, and, like, can I live? If I'm treated as equal and everything's on an equal playing field, I am good. Right. I am, I'm confident in me. If I made it this far with all those things against exactly. me, shit. <laughs> so I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm very confident in myself. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's you that, are, that that has those insecurities, and that's why you don't want change. Because mm-hmm. for you, change is scary. But guess what? It's going to happen anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I want to go back to the reason why I don't like identifying as an mm-hmm. American. And I feel like a lot of it has to do with assimilation. Ah, because when... Let's talk about it. Let's talk when, about it. People say, oh, you're assimilating to American culture. Usually, that mm-hmm. means white. <laughs> Even though, let's talk about American culture and how black people influence it and have influenced it for centuries since its foundation. Let's talk about it. Yes. But but normally, because white in America is the default, yeah. the standard, the mm-hmm. norm. So when they say assimilation, they're referring to assimilating to white people. Mm. So let's define assimilation, shall we? The process by which a person or persons acquire the social and psychological characteristics of a group. Okay? So, I don't like assimilating to white Mm -hmm. people. Because, and I I understand, because I like to study the different people in the diaspora, right? So, again, as a black American, I'm a fusion of my African origin and my European colonizers. Or enslavers, rather. Yeah. So, so I'm that fusion, right? So, especially after integration, I believe, and that can be a different topic. Um, but I believe innately, because of our African origin, Black Americans were more collectivist. We were more present oriented. Mm-hmm. But especially after integration, when we were assimilating more because we were more intertwined with white culture, we became more individualistic. We became more future oriented. And it really changed black people as a culture in America. I think I realized that a lot during my transition from um, undergrad to grad school. It's like I, I, I understood for sure at that point how much I missed uh, being around black people and having that like collective, uh, that collective spirit where you, you do want to interact with your people 
and just be in a community, you know? Like, that actually was missing a lot, I feel like, when I was in grad school. And I realized that I was such an important aspect of my life and my culture going forward. Always wanting to be part of a community. And it energizes me. Like, when I'm around a bunch of black people and we're doing positive stuff, even if it's something like if we just partying and we dancing and we're having a good time, we're connecting. Like, you know, that's something that's that's important for us. And then we can flip that and, and change it to the business side as well. We all chopping it up about a meeting, talking about internships, talking about how we can get uh, job opportunities. All these things are things that we need to do more on a regular basis. Like something that we need to do continuously to make sure that we are checking up on each other as a community. Because that aspect of our culture, uh, like you said, it kind of got... Uh, kind of got washed away or mm-hmm. diminished in some Black Americans way. are a lot more individualistic. Yeah, and I, I really don't like that. Like, this whole, mm-hmm. fuck it, I'm about to get my money. I don't that, that shit is just is whack to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you're supposed to be uplifting your brother or your sister either way because mm-hmm. that's how we all get on. Mm-hmm. And when we work with each other, man, the things we do, the dope shit that we create, mm-hmm. that's the other thing. Like, you think you dope by yourself. Wait till you meet somebody else that can reflect back on you your ideas mm-hmm. Or reflect back on you, like, your artistry and elevate your game even further. Like, that's what it's about. You don't want to just be in a box by yourself. You know, that's that's not that's not where growth happens. <laughs> I think you can grow more when you're with people of like mind, like spirit, and, you know. And see, and again, it works but, because way. we have that African origin, I can still see it. Mm-hmm. But we can talk about the similarities in African We just talk about later. Get Out. We just watched Get Out. Okay, okay, <laughs> not that though, not today. We're about to run out of time, but um, but I can see that foundation in us because we are very relational people. Yeah, you can see that in our family functions and our events and stuff oh, like that. Oh hell yeah, the cookout can, baby, right? Like barbecue. You, you can see. No, when you say cookout, but um, I'm saying eating barbecue. Oh, okay. I was like, well, don't call that thing barbecue. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, but, um, oh no, nah, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> but um. But what's it called? Like you can still see it, even though like we've we've assimilated, you can still see the origins trickling in. So we can talk about that another time. Yeah. But I do want to say, in addition to assimilation, this melting pot mentality again. What are you melting into? <laughs> Let's, and and then a lot of it is defined as the more minority melting away into the majority. And it's mm. like no. Think we, about that symbolism right there. We though. should be a fruit salad. There Where every individual culture and experience and history is appreciated and embraced. Up. Okay? So we're just appreciating each individual self. And it's like the strawberry doesn't take away from the cantaloupe. And the cantaloupe <laughs> doesn't take away from the kiwi. You just eat them all together and it's a beautiful fruit salad. There you go. You know? That's how it should be. That's how it should be. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know how many of you have heard of acculturation instead of assimilation. Um, it's hard to get a definition here, but it seems like it's more of a two-way sharing process. Mm. So instead of the minority, acculturation. Okay. So instead of assimilation, which is the minority fading away into the majority, it's more of an exchange of ideas, an exchange of cultures where it's the majority is experiencing the culture of the minority and the minority is experiencing the culture of majority. And it's not that's, like that's I can, I can still be my culture. Right. right. You know, and it's appreciated. It's actually it's appreciated, respected yes. more that you brought that to the mm-hmm, table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on a different time, we'll talk about the actual similarities between black American culture and African culture. Mm. Um, but yes, I identify as a black American of African descent. Those were the reasons why. <laughs> and uh, it's it's been a journey. And a lot of people, a, I have seen a lot of growth towards um, black Americans identifying as black Americans instead of African Americans. Yeah. And No, like the, the, the experience of black people in America, that culture is rich. It's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. It's been a struggle, mm-hmm. no doubt. But like, be proud of that. that that's resilience right there. Mm-hmm. You, we made it. We here. And right. we're doing dope shit. Mm-hmm on a daily mm-hmm. when it comes to women opening up businesses all over the country it comes to our artistry independent artists people doing their thing shout out to chance the rapper trying to make a difference in chicago actually trying to do big things mm-hmm. we are elevating and our culture is elevating and we get to the point where you're starting to see the generations that are that are progressing and you're starting to see those who have had opportunities 
gain success. So being black and successful isn't some taboo like, oh my gosh, you're black and you're, you have money, you have a job. None of that is like that. All those stupid stereotypes that becoming washed away because we're not only because we're elevating, but we're becoming proud of our elevation. We're we're looking at it as something that we should embrace and not and and not look down and dim our light just because other people might feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like fuck that. Um, but it's a beautiful thing. Culture, history, ancestry, tradition. It's, it's a beautiful thing. How you identify is how you personally identify. No one can tell you how you identify. Don't let nobody tell you. Although, let's talk about these Afro-Latinos that don't want to claim the African. Ah, different day. But, um. And that really hurts me. Cause like, if we could connect on that front right there just but i think also that has to do with colorism and it does and it's again it hurts me because uh-huh. like oh if we could just connect right it would be a wrap yo it would be a wrap we would make so many changes in this country and in the world if we could just stop that bullshit mm-hmm. man but i love who i am right i love my people Regardless if they love me back or not. <laughs> Sometimes it'd be like that, Sometimes you know. Sometimes it'd be like that. But, uh, and again, like, no, I'm not saying that I don't appreciate my African brothers and sisters or my Caribbean brothers and mm. sisters. It's just different being yeah. black in America. And again, if we can't distinguish and we can't appreciate those differences, then what what are we doing? That's what it's about. We're supposed to appreciate those differences and use them to connect. Mm. Like... Understand your brother's experience, like because he's been through other stuff. Like his ancestors, ancestors were kidnapped. <laughs> like, have some empathy. Don't just be like, why can't you get your shit together? Or why do Black Americans do this or that and that? Like, no, nah, take the time to actually. Are you really asking that question? Or are you and just trying to be ironic? The media, you know, like media has a great way of warping your mind. You know, and, and be curious when you actually ask that question. Like, mm-hmm. I, people ask that question to like, why can't Black people do this or that? Are you really asking the question? Are you just are you are you asking to find an answer? Are you mm-hmm. being curious about it? Or are you just saying it as like a, a, a thing to say and then move the fuck on because you wanted your point to be made? I just wanna say, as black Americans, think about the impact that they've had on the world. On the world. Like hip hop and rap Take over. Take, take over. People in the bush know about that shit. Yes. And it's like... Who that, the fuck with hip-hop, That's, that's yeah, black yeah. American culture, baby. Like, For yes, sure. the storytelling the storytelling is a part of our tradition exactly. as Africans. as well, yeah. But that's where that comes the from. creation of hip-hop and rap, that was America, baby. That was being black in mm-hmm. America. Okay? And that transcended the globe. All right? Let's talk about one thing that's always fascinated me. The stoplight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, a black person in America created that, that, Mm -hmm. and that shit's global. But then I was like, hold up, not one person invented something that's across the world. Like, somebody over in India had to invent it, too. But then I'm like, nah, bro. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Get that man that credit, even though he probably didn't get it. But see, you know. There's a lot of inventions that A lot of inventions that we didn't get credit for, that people don't know about. Something else to impose would basically have. Still goes on today, today, you see. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, but, um, nah, it's bars. bars. Best rapper alive. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So Shout don't. To the goat. If you really want to know about the Black American experience, you have to ask people that actually know about it. A lot of Black Americans don't know themselves, don't know their ancestors, don't know their history because we're not taught it. We're not. We're brainwashed to think less right. of ourselves. Right. Not even now. We're not taught it. We're taught the opposite. The opposite. <laughs> yeah, man. Shit is crazy. Like it's it's. So we don't know about our power. We don't know about our elegance. We don't know. Mm. Like, a lot about ourselves and about where we come from and what we've accomplished. So if you don't know yourself, how are you going to rise above and do anything with your life? Especially, you don't know yourself. People that don't look like you are putting you down. And people that do look like you are putting you down. Now, why are they putting you down? Because the same thing with those officers killing our people. Mm Mm-hmm. Same thing's happening. They don't see any worth in you, and neither do the black people killing you either. Because again, if you don't disconnect, if you don't know yourself, if you don't love yourself, why the hell would you love your neighbor? So, to end, I would say to ask, to learn, 
to research because that's not all of what the surface of what you see. Right. Just be curious. Don't just go into it uh, with your agenda already like set in stone. Actually be curious about finding out about your culture and the culture of, of your brothers and your sisters. If you actually do that with an open heart, mm-hmm. I think you'll realize that not only you can you connect and, and see the similarities between the cultures, but you can also help bring them in mm-hmm. and let them learn more about the culture that they're so disconnected to. And then even though, you know, proud black American, but we need to be learning about our African brothers for and sure, sisters for and sure. what they're doing over there because... We need to get it together, y'all. And yeah. in the nation, I'm for it. <laughs> to this day, there are still some people, mm-hmm. some people that are taking advantage of the resources in Africa mm-hmm. and have never left. Mm-hmm. Those like those systems that we talked about, still there. Mm-hmm. Talk about the De Beers uh, company and the diamonds. How oh, they... No, 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 no. Not, not the history. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about... I'm talking about that... right now. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the Africans doing well in Africa. Yeah, they're doing thing. well. But like, we need to learn what they're doing. Mm, I got so you. that we can build up our own country and nation. And yeah. I ain't talking about America. I'm talking about building our own. And I ain't planning on going nowhere not either. Because <laughs> again, who built this country? But anyways. So, let's buy some land. and <laughs> <laughs> Land is power. Exactly. But yeah, so please let us know any feedback for today's podcast, any suggestions for future up. topics. Again, it's it's so real. I T S S O U L real. It's so real. So. And you know, it's just <laughs> these are the things that I think about. Yeah, yeah. All right, y'all. Deuces. We out of here. <laughs>